We have a prediction on the opening day pitching staff for your Cincinnati Reds. There are also some shining stars showing what they've got out in Goodyear. And maybe, just maybe, I have all the answers. That's today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We have been podcasting about this Reds baseball team for over three years and remain heavily addicted, for better or for worse, when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds. We turn that addiction into information for you. Thanks for making us your first listen. We are free and available on all platforms and part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day on today's episode, we are going to talk about this pitching staff that seems to be not necessarily in limbo, but there seems to be a couple of open spots on the roster that we're going to get to. We're going to talk about some dudes who are just mashing and pitching well during uh, this very abbreviated spring training. And I try to get Steve to guess something. That's all coming up on today's podcast, but we are going to start Steve with this whole pitching staff because the bomb was dropped the other day about Luis Castillo not being ready to start the season. There was a small bomb, a minor bomb, if you might say, about Mike Minor. He's probably not going to be ready to start the season. So this rotation looks to be a bit of a patchwork where it was already going to be a patchwork, having lost Wade Miley and Sonny Gray. And now you're also fiddling with a bullpen, and there's probably going to be 15 pitchers coming out of camp. So help me out here. We need to put this together because kind of seems like there's only a couple spots up for grabs where I think people believe there's probably a lot more. Yeah, I think uh, as we look at it, Jeff, there's probably three spots that are really in play and, and we're going to we're going to work our way through it. So uh, just to kind of keep everybody on the same page, let's just start with the fact that we believe to start the season, Luis Castillo, Mike Miner, uh, Dunn and Sims will all start the season on the disabled list while they continue to rehab and get ready to pitch in the 2022 season. So when you take them out of the equation, we know that Tyler Malley will be the opening day starter. And then it is a whole lot of question mark in a rotation that we (laughs) thought was going to be the strength going into this season. Uh, Best rotation that I can put together looking at it uh, to start the season, considering who's injured, is behind Tyler Mowley. It looks like your boy Vladimir Gutierrez will slot into the number two starter role, followed immediately by Hunter Green. uh, And then I believe Nick Lodolo, who has established himself as being ready and we'll get into that more in the next segment uh and then for a fifth starter i think you have to go with reaver san martin as your rotation now the downside of that jeff is that is a very very young and inexperienced starting rotation to open the 2022 season yeah, I mean, call it what you will. Hunter Green and Nick Lodola, we've been talking about them all offseason. They are supremely talented, and they are ready to get going. But just because they're ready doesn't mean they're actually going to be good when they get their first taste of pro or Major League Baseball. I mean, Vladimir Gutierrez, when he kind of got going, was pretty decent. He sort of hit a rough spot in the middle of last year and then, of course, tapered off in September. But for the most part, he was okay. I think we can kind of expect that from Nick Lodolo. And Rivar San Martin is an interesting case to me because I believe of the options that are on this roster, 
he is the best because then you're talking about uh, either pulling Tony Sancion from the bullpen and giving you what, like four innings every time he starts, or you're talking about Jeff Hoffman, <sighs> which you know, I don't want to talk that, about. Right. The thing with that, Jeff, is we know exactly what Jeff Hoffman is. There's no mystery there. We know what we get from him in the starting rotation. We don't really know what Reaver San Martin can do if given an extended opportunity. Now, talking about these injuries, Luis Castillo is not going to be out very long, according to the indications we're getting from the team. Mike Miner is not going to be out very long, according to what the team is saying. So this is just a very short-term solution to start the season, maybe a turn or two through the rotation. And then as you start getting guys back, David Bell will find himself in the unique situation to be able to kind of start going with the hot hands and the best matchups and, and doing that thing we've talked about where you get creative with this rotation in order to minimize the wear and tear on these young arms to start the 2022 season here's the thing that gets me though because i understand we got to do this patchwork with all the injuries i'd say probably 15 day il for both uh castillo and minor probably also for sims as well and then you're going to shore up your pitching staff here's the first 15 days the opponents that the reds have the atlanta braves the cleveland guardians the los angeles dodgers in la the san diego padres in San Diego, and if it goes much further than that, the St. Louis Cardinals. They didn't get a good draw to start the year. I mean, the Guardians are the easiest team in that bunch, and I don't even really consider them easy because, well, we're probably going to see Shane Bieber. Uh, so one of those games is going to be a wash as to what actually happens for the Red Legs. So they have got a very tall task to start the season. They're basically going to ask their lineup to give them at least six runs a game. Well, and the nice thing about it too, Jeff, is this starting rotation is so young, they might not be uh, experienced enough to really be afraid. Uh, heading they don't in. know I mean, what they whether, don't know. They don't know what they don't know. And whether it's yeah. the Dodgers or the Pirates, I think those young guys are going to have nerves, are going to be running on adrenaline because it's their first few times through. And, you know, stranger things have happened. They may just go out there and get the thing done. So, uh, you know, it's yeah, true. it's not a great draw, but I do think that... Uh, if it's got to happen that way, uh, I prefer it to happen sooner than later while these guys are still working on the adrenaline and the energy of, of getting their first taste of Major League Baseball. It's true. And then when we break down you know, the rest of the pitching staff, the bullpen, we're looking at 15 guys because David Bell was asked about this the other day about the expansion to 28. And David Bell said, quote, yeah, you could go 14 and 14 or you could go 15 pitchers, 13 position players we'll we'll have to see what we're going to do and then he paused and he's like but yeah 15 and 13 kind of sounds good that's what they're going to do he likes to have a lot more pitching so with that the bullpen jeff hoffman Luis sessa tony santion art warren justin wilson hunter strickland which and you and i agree on this three spots are up for grabs because those spots are spoken for. You're not, not, I mean, Hunter Strickland just got signed. He's obviously on the roster. Justin Wilson is getting a nice little chunk of change when you look at the Reds' budget as a whole. So he's not going to be on, or he's not going to be off the opening day roster. Warren, Santion, Sessa, Hoffman. I, as, as much as I hate saying that Hoffman is a lock, he's a lock. So we got three left. And I think that one of them is easy. I don't know how the Reds could break camp without Darry Moretta. If they did, that would be stupid. That would be almost, I would think, almost as dumb as breaking camp without Hunter Green. I'm saying that, and I know that that's weird because 
comparing the two of them, the career is going to be much better for Hunter Green than Dowry Moretta, but Dowry Moretta is going to mean so much to this bullpen throughout the season, and I firmly expect that. Listen, the other Moretta, two guys are interesting. Moretta has shown everything that he can possibly show us at the minor league level. For him yeah. to continue to develop, for him to get any better, for him to do his thing, uh, the rest of the work that he has to do needs to occur at the major league level. And I think that uh, the other thing to factor in as you go through these other two guys, Jeff, is that uh, the 40-man roster is full. So I think whatever it is that they do with these last three spots, the, the guys that are going to win those spots are probably already on the 40-man roster. And that's kind of where we're coming from with this. So if you're going to break camp with your 28 best guys, this probably isn't it. But filling out this pitching staff, I think, and I think we both agree, is Riley O'Brien and Zach Godley. And if you've watched Zach Godley for any amount of time, you're a little bit worried about that, but he's currently on the 40-man roster. And for them to really make a move outside of the fact that Justin Dunn will probably go on the 60-day IL and then Nick Lodolo will take that 40-man spot, you're going to have to put somebody on waivers. How much the Reds are going to want to do that, don't necessarily think they will. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough position to be in once people start coming back, but that's a problem for another day. I think uh, right now the the onus will be on trying to put together a team that can hold its own uh, for the first couple of weeks of the season, and then sit back and really reevaluate where things are and who you really do need to keep around in order to continue to compete. I agree. Uh, it's it's kind of a patchwork at this point. We're just putting on band aids and hoping those band aids don't uh, come flying off in the shower. Well, this is definitely not the pitching staff we envisioned when we talked about it in the offseason, Jeff. It has a lot of potential, and there is definitely going to be a lot to watch. Uh, coming up, some players have wasted little time in showing their strength out in Goodyear. And if you want to get strong and show your strength as well, you need to get yourself some Built Bars. Uh, Built Bars are the healthy snack that can help get you through the current college basketball March Madness and can keep you healthy moving forward into the 2022 baseball season. If you want to be healthy and if you want to be strong, look no further than Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It may taste even a little bit better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easy for you to stick with your diet goals because it tastes so, so good you will want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or kind of tastes like you're drinking out of a barrel from a chemical spill. Built Bar is healthy. It is covered in 100% real chocolate, and it has amazing health statistics, and we are a baseball podcast. We love statistics. Built Bar is 130 calories. It's only four grams of sugar. For you keto folks, it only has four net carbs, and it is jam-packed with 17 grams of protein. They have amazing flavors like cherry barcia, coconut brownie chunk, salted caramel, and many, many more flavors. Many, many additional products like the puffs that apparently litter uh, Jeff's office space on a daily basis basis. If you want to get your order into Built, head over to Built.com right now and make sure you use the promo code LOCKED15. That's going to get you 15% off your next order at Built.com. Make sure you give the MLB Prospects podcast a listen when you finish listening to us today. Lindsey Crosby is a minor league encyclopedia and will keep you up to date on the up and coming players as well as take a look at some college baseball players as well. The Locked On MLB Prospects podcast, just like Locked On Reds, is free and available on all platforms. 
Don't forget to also give us a follow on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs because spelling is difficult. You can also follow the show at Locked on Reds. And don't forget to head over to the YouTube channel. We've got lots of exclusive video content coming for you that is only going to be available right there on YouTube. Uh, on next week's podcast, we are going to attempt to dig into the lineup side of things with this roster of 28 players. And that is going to be a very, very complicated endeavor because it's going to be a whole lot of move player A to get to player B, to see about player C, to think about player D, to circle back around and David Bell's playing third base. I think that's where we end up. But I think I've played easier Sudoku puzzles. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Before we get to that, Jeff, let's look a little bit at some of the bright spots that have begun to establish themselves out in Goodyear. Uh, There have definitely been some shining star performances uh, in this young spring training period of the 2022 baseball season. Absolutely. And Nick Lodolo is first on our list because, well, he just pitched and he pitched pretty decently against that Royals lineup. He got into a little bit of trouble in the second inning when he got two outs and it kind of took him a little bit to close out the inning. Ended up giving up that lone run that you'll see on the box score. But overall, he still remains solid. He still remains calm on the mound. That command is good. It's Gucci. It's very copacetic. When you're talking about Nick Lodolo, he is going to be a calm, cool, collected presence on the mound and the Reds will be grateful for it because they're going to need it as we talked about the turbulent pitching staff is going to be at the beginning of the year but I've loved everything I've seen from Nick Lodolo this spring you know today 2.1 innings pinch Jeff that one run on four hits currently for the spring he's sitting at a 2.08 ERA and I think with the challenges that have now presented themselves with the pitching staff for the Reds as we just talked about Nick Lodolo finds himself uniquely positioned as as being the guy that's ready he's been in Goodyear he's stretched out already he's had the advantage of being able to work while the 40-man roster guys were locked out by the owners so I think that the fact that he has made the most of this opportunity really does put him in a position to to continue to force his way to head north with the team when camp breaks I believe it's the longest start of the spring for any Reds pitcher isn't it I, I think it is. This is the first time yeah. David Bell has really moved past his one pitcher, one inning uh, rollout of this pitching staff, which has been a pretty unique way to approach the first few games. But I do like to see now that he's going to start letting some of these pitchers go longer uh, as they prove themselves capable of doing so. I do wonder, too, and obviously he would need ideal situations for this to happen, but maybe he was thinking at the beginning of the regular season, there'd still be a little bit of a piggyback situation going on. I know we talk about that a lot. You hear a lot of different podcasts talking about their teams employing a piggyback strategy, and you just don't see it that much. But the way that he had pitched, guys, I mean, Corbin Burns threw forever for the Brewers on Wednesday, and and it just wasn't... I mean, it was one per inning for the Red Legs on the other side. So it made you wonder where David Bell thinks his pitching staff is at, let alone the fact that he's already got some key arms hurt. Looking, though, on the opposite side, on the field, I guess it's not the opposite side, but whatever, not pitching. Looking at guys who aren't pitching. We talked about him, Nick Senzel. He's actually doing pretty good. The numbers are backing up our best shape of our best shape of his life um, narrative because he's in four hundred. Shape of his life. Best shape of his life. I imagine those are like periods that I'm throwing into that sentence. But yeah, sounds like it. 
<laughs> yeah, he um he he has looked phenomenal, and I I think he's ready to go, which I'm excited to see. When you're talking about the fact that the Reds signed their number two hitter in Tommy Pham, I believe their number two hitter in Tommy Pham um, yesterday, so it, he slots in. I don't know, maybe the sixth spot. Yeah, two thirds of your lineup. It's going to be a very interesting lineup construction. I think, you know, right now Nick Senzel's hitting 400 out in Goodyear. I think that he continues to uh, show that a healthy Nick Senzel is a very, very good Nick Senzel. We should get our first look Saturday at Tommy Pham. I'm hoping uh, that that gives him time to to get into camp and get ready to, to get into a game. The Reds, of course, are off uh, today. So I think that... Uh, this lineup construction is going to be very, very good, but it also moves us into this outfield conversation that we continue to struggle with because one of the other guys that's doing a pretty good job out in Goodyear is TJ Friedel. And he's hitting, he's hitting 364 right now and looks like that the small sample we saw of him last year is going to continue to improve. And, and he's making a case to, to find a way onto this roster. He took Corbin Burns deep on a cut fastball that had sawed Tyler Naquin's bat in half, just one batter before him. And it was kind of funny because he was a emergency play. They had to uh, scratch. Um, boy, I started talking and I forgot where the thought was going, but he was a emergency fill in for that game. And, and that was a really nice home run. Now I get it. It's spring training. Corbin Burns is working on some stuff. He was pounding left-handed hitters on the inside part of the plate with that cut fastball and causing a lot of ground balls, a lot of mess when you're talking about broken bats and stuff. So the fact that Friedel was able to see it, recognize it and get around on it, just absolutely phenomenal at bat for him. And it just kind of was the microcosm of this spring. I, I feel like the very limited playing time that we saw last year at least was an amuse-bouche when you're talking about TJ Friedel. So I would like to see more. I, I, I think he might end up starting the year in AAA, but I think he has a legitimate argument to start the year on the bench. You know, I probably agree that that's how it ultimately plays out. You know, one thing that I try and do with these spring training games, and it's been so nice that so many of them have been available um, on MLB.tv, uh, even if it's not the red yes. feed. It's been nice to watch because one of the things I try to do, Jeff, is not get so caught up in the overall statistics of what's happening out in Goodyear, but more just watching how players look. Look mm -hmm. If they look like they're struggling against the pitchers right now, if they look like they're uncomfortable, if they look like they're just completely lost, it gives me concern. But what I've seen through from a majority of these players that we've talked about battling for spots on this roster, they all look pretty dialed in as far as their comfort goes. They all look pretty dialed in on looking like they're going about their business. They're putting in their work and they're, they're pushing uh, Red's front office into uh, some difficult decisions as we get closer and closer to opening day. I said this yesterday, whenever we were talking about the possibility of what player might find himself uh, having to pack his bags with Tommy Pham coming to town. And we mentioned Shogo Akiyama in a perfect world. Money would play no part in this. And in a perfect world, TJ Friedel would be on this roster and Shogo Akiyama wouldn't because I don't think it's going on on that much of a limb to say that TJ Friedel looks a lot better than Shogo Akiyama. And I think he's got a little bit more upside than Shogo Akiyama at this point. But I think probably what's going to happen, they may they may go with the money on that one, but I think they should. I, I'm saying this. This is my opinion. I know, Yeah, they should go with TJ Friedel. Curveball question, Jeff. I love it when I get to do this with things we didn't put in the notes. 
If the Cincinnati Reds placed Shogo Akiyama on waivers today, mm. would he clear waivers or would somebody take a flyer on him and take that contract off of the books? I think he'd clear waivers. Yeah, I do too. I, I've been watching. I mean, and you talk about how confident Senzel's looked, how confident Friedel's looked, and how cool and collected Nick Lodolo is on the mound. Shogo's the opposite. I was watching him and his at-bats, and that was, I mean, he was swinging at pitches that were really low. He was still late on fastballs. Reports, you know, John Sadak was talking about this offseason has been about him starting his swing earlier and trying to be faster. It hasn't worked. He still looks like he's a, just a step too slow for the fastballs in the Major League game, and you hate to see it because I really wanted him to work out here in Cincinnati. I did too. Unfortunately, uh, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case, but we will continue to monitor the bright shining stars out in Goodyear, Jeff. I think that uh, it's definitely given us some reason to be hopeful for um, the direction some of these players are going. Yes. And speaking of bright shining stars out in Goodyear, uh, coming up, we're going to talk about some spring training superstars of the past. I'm going to see how many Steve actually remembers. Plus, I've got something that I'm going to see if I can get Steve to guess. That's coming up here in just a moment, though. We want to talk to you about Bet Online. I told you yesterday, if you caught the Tommy Fam episode where we broke down that deal, I mentioned the Reds over under win total had moved to 73 and a half and I crushed it. I hit $100 on that over right away. You can still find that at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for props, odds and lines for every sports season. If you want to get in on some NCAA tournament action this weekend, check them out at Bet Online. They've got NHL, they've got boxing, they've got UFC and NBA is heading toward the playoffs as well. You're going to want to check it out. All happening at betonline.net. Plus, you can get awesome news, sports scores, and, and stats, and all that great stuff all in one place at betonline.net. And they've got amazing offers, too. When you're talking about some different promotional things that you can take advantage of, you're not going to want to miss it. It's all at BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. You're going to want to subscribe on YouTube. So much great stuff is coming for you there as the season gets going. All right, coming up here, I am going to get Steve. I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to give him as many hints as possible. He's going to guess a former Red whose birthday is today. Actually, is yesterday. It's Thursday, March 24th. Because that's when we're recording. And that's when I looked it up. So, when we look at uh, the interestingness that is uh, former Reds, we're going to talk about some spring training superstars here in just a moment. But I want to start with this, Steve. Because uh, March 24th was a nominal day in Reds history. When you're talking about former Reds. And I want to see if you can guess this guy. Okay. He's a former Red who played from 2006 through 2008. Does that give it away? Does it give it away? I feel like I have showed up naked to class. Um, no, that does not give it away. It's okay. I didn't think it would. I didn't think it would. Okay. Next hint. Okay. 2006 through 2008. He was born March 24th, 1979 in Shelby, North Carolina. No. 
He also, let's see, made his debut. He had a pinch hit single against the Pirates August 20th of 2006. Now, come on. That's got to give it away. I just feel like I should guess Drew Stubbs. No, but he did. Okay. He did play in the outfield. I got nothing. He finished his career, his three-year Reds career, with a batting average of 316, although he did have an OPS of 90. But he was mostly known, and I remember him as such, he was pretty good at the bunt single. Oh, my God, I should know this. I always remember everybody joking about how this guy needed to teach Billy Hamilton how to lay a drag bunt down. I don't even know that it was a joke. I think people always just said that. They wanted outfielder that could bunt that is from North Carolina. And all of these things are like ringing, flashing bells. And yet I can't find a name, Jeff. All right. This one should give it away. His initials are NH. Hopper. Yep. What's his ah! first name? What's his first name? It starts with an N. Yeah, I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> Our buddy Nelson's just Is it Nelson Hopper? No, but it is a last name like that. It's not it's not like a typical Norris. Yes. Norris Hopper. Norris Hopper. <laughs> that was painful. Yes. <laughs> yes. And to make it even better, it was a red who was born on this day when we recorded on Thursday. I didn't look at um reds who were born on March 25th. Anyway, yes, that was a random thing that I wanted to see we try out. We might do that again. I mean, maybe you could do that. Uh, maybe you could try and get me to guess. But yeah, that it just makes me think because I always remember Norris Hopper because he was really good at laying down drag bunts. He was good at bunt singles. And other than that, I really didn't remember too much about him. So, But I saw that he was a, a former Red born on March 24th. And and that actually kind of moves us along here. We were talking about some guys who have been raking, who have been showing out in Goodyear. A couple of guys that uh, I, I'm not going to get you to guess them. I'm just going to see if you remember them. If there's anything in your mind that you remember these guys about, and the, their names are on the notes, but he had a OPS over a thousand in 25 games back in 2014. He is the legend, the myth, Neftali Soto. I can confirm that that is a real name. <laughs> it's funny too. Like if you go on Baseball Reference, his picture is in a Washington Nationals uniform. Which I, I, I didn't even know he played for the Nationals at all. Next guy and. It was actually a reply from our friend Ken at Obscure X Reds on Twitter. Whenever I was talking about how good Nixon Zell's looking this spring training, uh, this dude had over a 1500 OPS, OPS of 1,545 in 20 games in 2011. I am talking, of course, about the one, the only, the inominable Dave Sappelt. That's not a real person. <laughs> he is. He <laughs> didn't do very good in regular season, but he did in spring training. If you're going right. to make things up, Jeff, you should really come up with more creative names than this. One more, because this dude was dubbed the answer. 
the Reds had had so many problems for years in center field because this was leading up to Billy Hamilton and all that other stuff. But actually, I think it was like right in the middle of Billy Hamilton. So maybe the, that was a BS uh, narrative. Anyway, whatever. He had a 1200 OPS in 22 games in 2014. And his name, Roger Bernadina. There are, in fact, people named Roger. I think Ken's got a Roger Bernadina like game used jersey. Or he something. has a jersey for every one of these people. <laughs> Ken's like like listing off like all of their life's accomplishments right now as he listens. Um, yeah, no, it's it's always worth noting because I love the fact that Nixon's O's look good and TJ Friedel's look good. And Nick Lodolo's look good. It's worth kind of adding a grain of salt to everything because there are plenty of dudes who have looked good in spring training that ain't done a thing in the regular season. Is there anybody you can remember like that, Steve? There's really not. I am terrible with these spring training guys. You know, thing. just, you know, Philip Gosling I mean, is the only I mean, one that you know, you, you, had a decent work, spring and then couldn't hit. You work in the medical field. You need to have space in your brain for important things. I have decided to fill up my brain with spring training superstars. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I just remember those. Guys. These are anyway. these are definitely fun, though, Jeff. So, I, you know, if for our <laughs> listeners, if, if you've got your own spring training superstar that you want to jog our memory with, put them in the comments. Uh, shoot us a tweet on Twitter. We'd love to hear about it. Yes. Yes. I want to I want to see that because I. I think there's so many more out there that you're, people are going to say their names and I'll be like, yes, yes, I remember him. But I tell you what, I think that's going to wrap us up. Thanks, yeah, everybody. we'll call it. That's for sure. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, that was, yeah, we'll have to tweak that last segment, I think, uh, for next time because I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> All right, Jeff, that's going to do it for today's Locked on Reds. Coming up on the next podcast, we are going to begin to break down the challenging situation that is the everyday players roster. And I just don't know how that's going to work out, but we will attempt to break it down nonetheless. Thanks for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Now make the Locked on MLB podcast your second listen. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. Locked on MLB, just like Locked on Reds, is free and available on all platforms. Jeff, we are about two weeks away from opening day in Atlanta. The Cincinnati Reds are in chaos and we are here for every second of it and what can everybody count on from us the rest of the way we are locked on reds every single day <laughs>